Hi friends, before I jump into today's episode, I just want to set a couple of context. First of all, I'm recording this intro live from Denver, Colorado, where I'm attending Ignite, the National Association of Secondary School Principals Conference. It's been the first time they've been together, gosh, since before COVID, and I'm just so excited to gather with thousands of leaders from across the U.S., including many listeners in this audience. Number two, you're going to hear an interview today with the team from Palo Alto High School, and I just want to let you know that the recording that I did with them was also live, but it also had some glitches in the recording because we were using my laptop in a setting with Wi-Fi that was not the same connection I normally have through my recording office, and so you may hear some glitches, and I apologize about that in advance, but you're going to love this conversation because when I visited Brent Klein, principal of Palo Alto High School at his school a couple of months ago, he led me into the doorway of his original campus two-story tower building, which was erected in 1918, and we were both wearing hard hats, and as we stepped carefully through with a construction engineer who explained the work being done, I got to see offices and services that were being rehoused their 23,000 square feet of building that um, that was being renovated. And the structure uh, now has new heating and air and electricity and plumbing installed. And I was just reflecting on how this 21st century renovation was connecting with the 100-year-old history of this school's service to its community. And I feel sometimes that's how our school leadership is it's a combination of both timeless principles with timely, innovative approaches. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it with this team of wonderful leaders. And I want to encourage you, if you're interested in joining a Grow Academy like this team went through with me this past year, reach out to me at my website or by my email at will at williamdparker.com. The last thing I want to mention is that since I'm at the conference for Ignite, Ignite uh, is doing what they're calling an Ignite Plus virtual series that's coming up in the fall. And they have invited me and Jen Schwanke to lead a wellness series. So mark your calendars for September 14th, October 12th, November 16th, and December 14th, and go to the NASSP website to find out more about Ignite Plus, where you can join us in virtual meetings, talking through content about educator wellness. Well, with that introduction, let me go ahead and start the show by saying Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 352. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, we're talking about Growing your leadership with the Palo Alto High School leadership team. I'm actually recording this live at the high school with my friends around this table. Jerry Berkson, LaDonna Butler, Brent Klein, Eric Ola, and Michelle Steingart. And I'm going to ask them to take a moment to introduce themselves. And so, Jerry, I'm going to begin with you. If you guys can tell us your name, your title, how many years You've served in education and something that listeners may be surprised to know about you. Hello. So it's uh, Jerry Berkson. I've been in education for 23 years now. Um, 
my title, I'm an assistant principal. I, I mainly deal with operations here. And something you wouldn't know about me is probably that I took a while to get things going before I became an educator. And I didn't really get my degree until I was 27, I believe. Well, something else that listeners would like to know about you is that there's a painting of you on campus, Jerry, that you that I got to see. In fact, I have a photo of it that I could place with the show notes to this podcast. Right. That was celebrate Jerry Berkson month last year and, and uh, it was at least a month and it was murals all over the place stickers kids are still asking me for stickers so um those are all the kids i guess i haven't had in my office who still like me well i felt like i was with a famous person and there was just a little bit of a graffiti tag beside the, the photo too there's so the painting so it was it was a pretty proud moment that i had with jerry berkson's graffitied mural yeah, i think that's when you know you've made it is when you've been hit with a graffiti <laughs> also with us is LaDonna Butler. LaDonna, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, LaDonna Butler. And um, I've been in education for 23 years as well. Um, something that you might be surprised to know is I originally wanted to be a physical therapist, um, but caught the education bug um, when I, I had finished up my athletic eligibility, played basketball, at San Jose State University, finished up my eligibility of four years and still had two years academically and didn't know that. And I was ready to quit um, and not get my degree. I was the first in my family to complete a college degree. Mm. And as a result of um, a friend of mine calling me and asking me to mentor um, some individuals with pre-college programs, I ended up... Um, saying I can't quit if I'm going to try and encourage someone else, right? And so I continued and finished my degree in six years. Well, LaDonna also carries a whistle on her keychain. Because I was a physical educator. <laughs> Mr. Klein, why don't you introduce yourself? Thanks, Will. It's great to finally see you in person, actually. Yeah. Um, I've been nervous about this moment for a while. It's just, but I'm happy to see you. Thanks for being here in Palo Alto. So I'm Brent Klein, principal of Palo Alto. This is, uh, I'm ending my 20th year being a high school principal and over 30, 30 plus years-ish uh, in education. Um, and I, I mean, the theme, it took me a while to get through college actually as well. I mean, um, because I changed my majors a few times and um, I resisted the educational bug um, as it runs through my family. Um, my, both my parents were teachers. My dad was a principal. My, <clears throat> my aunt was a teacher. My grandfather was a principal superintendent. In fact, I have his picture behind me that I've followed with me uh, ever since I've been an administrator. And uh, so I, I resisted doing this sort of job. Uh, just because of the struggles and uh, uh, the pain sometimes that I saw my parents going through as a young child and them telling me, don't ever get into education. And, and I obviously didn't go so well, um, but I'm glad it didn't because this has been the best job that I think anybody could ever do is uh, providing an opportunity <clears throat> for students that don't have opportunity and here in Palo Alto to um, uh, providing even more to those that have a lot already. So it's been an exciting place. And a former band director. And a former band director. Which we'll forgive you for that. Okay. <laughs> I always say band directors are always organized. They always are. Eric, why don't you introduce yourself? 
<laughs> Hi, I'm Eric Ola. I'm an, also an assistant principal here at Palo Alto High School. Um, I've been 19 years in education, um, 17 of them as a teacher, and two of them as an assistant principal. Um, and surprised to know about me. Um, I mean, I coached basketball for a lot of those years as well. Um, for a while, I thought I wanted to, you know, pursue that as something more, you know, I don't know where I that would take me. But, um, but then I kind of got more into the teaching realm and caught, you know, kind of that leadership bug. So that's kind of my path that led me down this way. So, well, Jerry's mentioned this before too, as we've met that everyone at this table, but Brent, yes has a coaching background or a background in athletics. And so yeah, they remind me of that all the time. They, yeah. they, they, they do. And the last leader at this table is <laughs> but not least is Michelle Steingart. Michelle, great to see you. Yeah. Hi. Good to see you in person as well. I'm Michelle Steingart, assistant principal. I've been in education for 20 years, three as an assistant principal. And something you may be surprised to know about me is that I wanted to be in education since middle school. Despite my parents saying explore other options, um, I just always loved helping my peers and um, I'm a little bit of an organizational freak and I loved all the organizational things <laughs> that came with. They're all, they're all using little hand signals of a little bit um, <laughs> that came with teaching. And uh, while it's hard at times, it's enjoyable. And I've, I've also enjoyed the new challenges of administration. Well, I have had the privilege of spending an entire school year with your team. And just for listeners, I know it's hard to tell through voices of the incredible leaders that you are getting to meet in this conversation. But just so that you are on the same page that I am, Brent Klein, who's the lead principal here at Pali, reached out to me a couple of years ago and we started doing some coaching together. And then this time last year, um, asked if we could start meeting monthly. Uh, to talk as a leadership team and work through the Grow Academy, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. But but with your team here, Jerry, you're the assistant principal for operations and LaDonna, an assistant principal of teaching and learning and Eric, also an assistant principal of teaching and learning. And Michelle, you're an AP of student services, although I know you guys wear more hats than what's on the title of your website. Um, but all of you guys carry such important roles. Before we talk about lessons in leadership that I'd love to explore with you. Tell us something that you're proud to highlight about Pally. I can start. Um, as assistant principal of student services, um, I help create the schedule, uh, the course schedule for all of our students and something that um, everyone who works here is proud about is just the number of electives and opportunities our students have for learning um, in all the different departments. It's We often have students leaving Pali saying, I didn't have enough periods in the day to take everything I wanted to take. And um, that's, that's a really great thing to be able to offer our community. Give us some examples, Michelle, of some of the unique electives you guys have. <laughs> um, some of the unique electives we have include glass blowing in our arts program. Um, <laughs> help me out here, everyone. Other unique electives. I would say the whole media arts program where yeah. we have program. We have nine publications that uh, serve our campus um, each month, which makes it very exciting and unique. We have an audio production program. Yeah. Um, 
early childhood development. Childhood development. Uh, we have electives in English that are that go outside of the your your basic classes. You guys have a unique community because you are in the Silicon Valley area. You have families that are that have high expectations, but I also know that you reach into parts of the community with kids that come from um, from parts of Palo Alto where they don't have the same opportunities that other kids do. And so I, I didn't have this in my notes, but I, if you could speak to this for just a little bit too, you guys have really focused in the time that I've known you, in addition to all the work you've done in academics and electives, you've also done some work on equity. And so talk a little bit about why that's been an important conversation for your school community. Um, I think equity is important no matter where you are, no matter what school, no matter what program. Um, I believe here at uh, Palo Alto High School, it's um, equity is a unique concept. Uh, a couple of years ago, we brought in Enid Lee, who is an equity and anti-racist consultant that I've worked with prior to Palo Alto, and she helped create a foundation of understanding of what it, what equity is and what equitable opportunities are. Um, in fact, one of the guiding uh, principles of our school district and in, in, in our in our goals that are called the promise <laughs> outline equity and it, it ensures that all kids no matter where you are no, no, no matter the background um, or the past experiences okay. that you should be here uh, to to be provided with any support or opportunities whether it's going to the full extreme to the maximum of whatever levels of English or math or sciences that you need. It's also important for us to uh, provide support and opportunity for students that struggle in academics. Um, the unique thing here for Palo Alto is that uh, we have a, a population of our students that actually get bused in uh, through East Palo Alto, which is not even in our city, but it's an agreement from many, many years ago in order to provide students uh, uh, in this particular community the, the same educational experiences and uh, opportunities that our kids get here in Palo Alto. So it's a very unique place. Well, I'd like to add a little bit to that. Um, the focus on equity allows for a deeper sense of belonging, which is extremely important um, in terms of being able to reach students. You have to, I feel, reach to the heart before you can reach to the head. Mm -hmm. And so that focus on equity allows us to um, a gateway for that, that opportunity. One of the um, conversations that I've been having with leaders recently is in, at the time of this recording, which will come out in about July, but we're talking in June, um, just a week or so ago, the Surgeon General released a report that warns parents and guardians and schools about some of the um, implications of student mental health. And as you guys know, because you work with students every single day, um, I was sitting in a meeting a week ago with Gene Twang, who's a professor at San Diego University who just released a book called Generations, and she studies the advent of the smartphone and social media from 2011 until current, and children, the depression among youth has doubled during that time. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I know from just walking your campus today was the commitment that you guys make to student 
well-being. So talk about that a little bit too. What are some of the things that you guys purposely do from the school to try to provide opportunities for students who may be struggling with more than just academics? Well, something not all of your viewers may be familiar with is um, something we call a wellness center. Mm -hmm. And so it's a place on campus uh, that's staffed by a mental health therapist as well as um, supporting therapists and students can drop in there uh, if they have just need to have a quick chat with someone. Um, they can also be set up with ongoing uh, support sessions and um, it's a place where they can go in and decompress for um, 10 to 15 minutes, depending on the time of day. And uh, it's a very welcoming environment that kind of helps students decompress from stresses of the day. I got to meet a couple of your wellness people today as we walk through too, and you're right. It is, it's the kind of atmosphere that if you're, I don't think it's just for students. I think it's for anybody who wants a place to relax, a place to feel welcome. And I love that you use that word, LaDonna, belonging. Um, I want to switch gears because this year when I was logging in and I just want to set the stage for principal matters listeners, we were able to schedule once a month an opportunity for an hour where I would zoom into a conversation with this team. And one of the coolest parts about meeting with you guys every month was that you were doing the real deal. When I would zoom in, I mean, sometimes you guys were circled up, ready to go. And other times you were like, one of us has to leave or two of us has to leave or something would happen in the middle of a meeting because principals never, ever rest. And so it was both exciting and exhilarating for me and sometimes a little laughable um, to just see the, the constant movement that was happening during that time together. But we we had a focus, which was to try to pull together once a month with permission to reflect on your own leadership growth. You guys spent a lot of time focusing on the growth of your teachers and your students. And so we spent um, eight sessions together and we used each session to unpack a different principle around leadership. And just for listeners sake, I'm going to list what those sessions were. We did a session on decision-making or coaching. We did a, a session on management, the, helping others understand their responsibilities in leadership. We did a, a session on on counseling and listening. We did a session on accountability and how we have to model what we expect from other people. We did a session on communication, uh, becoming the chief cheerleader for your school community. We did a session on servant leadership and how to model a growth mindset. Uh, we did a session on team building, the importance of not leading alone. And then tomorrow we're going to be together in a, in a live session with the admins from across the district talking about pause, breathe, flourish, and uh, the, the need for our own self-care. But I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to reflect on this past year. What, what is one takeaway from this past year together that has helped you in your life or in your leadership? And I don't care who goes first, but I wanted to open that question up and share something from this past year that's been helpful for you. I think it was really important, uh, the, the team building aspect, and we talked about it a lot last week, I think, or the week week before, uh, the importance of knowing your, your, your team has your back, the importance of knowing that someone could slip right into your spot when you get busy with something else and just have a continuous flow of of work going on that that 
enables the school to run smoothly without, you know, no one else notices what, what we are doing here with our puzzle pieces, um, but we're able to do it um, pretty well. I, I would say, you know, this is my 17th year here, and this is by far the best team that I've been on. And we still have more years to grow and it's going to be that much better, but, but it's just, everyone knows everyone's chess moves along yeah. the way. And I'll just, I'll jump in here too. I always, I think I said this in one of our first meetings that Jerry will say that because he's been here a while and I, I trust him on that one that, you know, and I always feel like, you know, cause I was the last person at it. I mean, I guess LaDonna and I both came at the same time, but I'm the one with the least, least experience. I'm always like, boy, if this is the best team he's been on, I better be pulling my weight here. <laughs> um, but, um, and that's something I've reflected on kind of in this group setting too, that, um, you know, uh, this team is awesome, highly functional. We work well together. We fill in the gaps, everything Jerry said. And how can I take that and the dynamic we have here and try to apply it to some of the teams we have around campus? Because yeah, this group works great. Not every group on campus works as well as we do, or we think what we do, right? So, you know, and that's some of the the stuff I pulled from your lessons of like, okay, you know, let me take some of this and try to try to apply it to some other groups and see if we can get other teams up to what we think is a strong team that we have here. So I love that because it reminds me of something we've talked about before, which is that every setting is a classroom. And so when you think about the way you guys interact with each other and with Prince leadership and then with your shared leadership, um, there's a dynamic that's happening in this kind of communication that is the same kind of healthy learning cycle that we want that you would see in a great classroom, but at a at a level of leadership. But so I love that application, Eric. How do you apply that then to your departments, to your advisory groups, to your student learning? How do you apply that campus-wide as well? Support for Principal Matters comes from DigiCoach and its walkthrough tool. When Kathleen Beckham was a district director, she would walk through classrooms and see teachers engaging students in learning or observe elements missing in their instruction. And her biggest challenge was finding the time to give those teachers meaningful and helpful feedback that they would value as coaching and not correction. In the past, Kathleen spent hours and follow-up email exchanges after informal walkthroughs. But that all changed when she discovered DigiCoach. She now has a tool that can help her send immediate feedback from her phone or her tablet. DigiCoach is a fully customizable tool created by school leaders for school leaders to not only collect walkthrough data, but also ensure every teacher receives ongoing support, feedback, and coaching. It features thousands of pre-written research-based commendations and coaching tips that can be included along with your own observation comments and a follow-up email ensuring all teachers receive effective and timely support. Are you ready to make the most of your walkthroughs with a tool that saves you time and enhances meaningful feedback to your teachers? Go to digicoach.com to learn more and please tell them Principal Matters recommended you check them out. That's digicoach.com. Support for Principal Matters comes from Aptigy. More than 3,500 school districts have switched to Aptigy since 2016 for one reason. Aptigy powers the identity of your school. We all know that communication is important, but what are you communicating? 
if it's just information, you're missing an opportunity to build a school brand around your strengths and values. What I love about Aptigy is how they think and talk about communication as a critical component of building your brand that engages your entire school community. With the Thrill Share platform, Aptigy brings everything you need for school marketing and communications together into a single mobile app. Write a story once and send it across your school website and mobile app, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, text messages, and voice calls. By making it easy to share stories about your strengths, you can control the conversation around your brand. Learn more about Aptigy at Aptigy.com and tell them that Principal Matters sent you. Who else? So I'm going to just uh, keep the train running with the practice where you expect others and others uh, first. And so you talk a little bit about um, um, the situation being almost like a classroom and you're the teacher. And when we're in front of our um, and leading our groups, um, we want to make sure that if it's something simple as being accountable, being uh, like being on time, mm-hmm. um, that was one of the concerns that I had was one of my groups is just coming to work daily and being on time. Mm-hmm. Then we have to reflect that. Mm-hmm. And it seems like something that's very simple, but for, um, um, you know, to create a group that has a, a mindset of your contribution is missed when you're not here and when you're not here on time is something very minor that you can do by just being here, being every day and being on time. I'm glad you said that. I was on the phone yesterday with a a friend who's taking over his new first position as a head principal, and he's already been in leadership for 10 years as an assistant, so he's well prepared. But we were having that same conversation, which is sometimes it seems almost insulting or elementary to step into a group of other leaders or teachers and, and give them, here are the basic expectations of, are the ground rules or the norms that I would like to, to, operate under. But when we don't do that, then we're robbing people of an understanding of an expectation on the front end. And what I feel like often happens in our leadership is we spend a lot of time correcting people mid-performance and explaining things to them that need to be corrected that we never that we never define for them at the beginning. And so I think that's so important, LaDonna, that when we when we ask for accountability, we're, we're not just explaining it, but we're also modeling it too. I love that. Who else? Well, I'll, uh, I'll chime in here. Um, I appreciated the time we had together to reflect and learn from each other so we could each grow and improve in our own ways. Um, and building on that, I would say one of the things that... Um, we talked about in one of our eight hats gatherings is just the reminder of um, listening to understand. And um, when we as leaders listen to understand, we can um, better understand or try to understand what's going on around campus and what needs our staff have so that we can come together as a team and uh, determine next steps on whatever that might be. My biggest appreciation from the time that we spent uh, with you is that, um, well, first of all, it was always going to be, we always knew what day it was and and we didn't cancel it or change it. Events did a couple times, um, 
but what was the, the probably the most beneficial outcomes from my from my perspective is that the conversations or the theme or whatever it was for that particular day uh you could just see it in the team that it just didn't sit here and we didn't leave it at the table and we took it with us into whatever we did that day and, and probably even the next few days and it allowed us it allows us in those conversations with you to have conversations that yeah i'm sure as a as the principal i could lead but then that takes me out of the conversation and allowing somebody else entering our room and facilitating these conversations on topics that actually i mean they're within leadership but they're actually the application occurs outside of our leadership and into the teachers that we serve, the students that we're here to support, and the community that we're we're here to uh, continue to uh, support and to continue its thriving uh, sense of educational. I kind of I don't even know where I'm going with that, but it, it's it's just it allowed us to continue and to uh, really apply what we learned. Well, one of the joys that I've had working with you guys is watching you determine how you're applying the things we're talking about. Because one of my um, personal goals in the time we've had together is not to be prescriptive. I never want to walk in and assume that I know what's going to work best for you. Um, but what I do want to assume is that you guys will, be, will figure out what's best for you and how to apply those things. And so it's just been an, an amazing privilege to be able to sit in the room with you all and ask you questions and watch you take those questions seriously and, and then immediately begin to apply them to your school, your setting, your leadership. And so I just want to tell you how much I appreciate your trust um, and how much I've, I've loved this, this year together. Um, I also want to take advantage of your experience because everyone at this table is an experienced educator. And I have listeners that are both experienced and aspiring who reach out to me um, through this podcast. And so I like to ask the, the question this way. If you if you had the chance to sit down for coffee with a new leader one-on-one -on -one, and to give that person a piece of advice as they're getting ready to step into a new situation, because there's going to be some folks listening to this this summer who may be getting ready to step into something new or start a new school year, what's that thing? What's that one piece of advice that you would want to share with another leader? I might share two things. That's okay. I know, but we'll see how it goes. Um, if I would first talk to people that are going to be moving into a new principalship, um, and this is something quite honestly that's really, I, I've really learned here with this team, is that as a principal, you don't need to do it all. And and you need to be involved in a team that you trust. And that trust goes through, or it's developed through conversation and it's developed through, uh, you know, kind of like what LaDonna would say, show up on time. Well, you, you you give that trust back, you show up, you show up through examples. Um, and these uh, teammates of mine here at this table, um, they absolutely know what they're doing and they 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 teach me things uh all the time that i would never ever consider and that has been a huge benefit of my survival here at palo alto high school in these last three years because it's a it's a incredibly dynamic challenging place to be and to support in so many different ways and it also 
the other piece of advice is, uh, you know, never get comfortable with uh, anything, um, with the way that you've done things or the way that you think things should be or the outcomes that you think should happen because it's, um, I mean, even in these last three years, I mean, I started my first year as a principal during the pandemic, you know, talk about unpredictability. Um, but that's just what education is. Our students are different today than they were three years ago, than they were a year ago, than they were yesterday. And it's our job as leaders in, in education to continue to uh, look forward and look for new ways and look for um, opportunities that, that we might not see, but most importantly, invite others into that conversation because that's, as I said, with this team, I learned so much from them. And I even... And as you extend that out into the, the faculty, into the staff, uh, allowing those opportunities for input and for um, choice and ideas in, in your community of teachers and learners as our students, I think that's huge. Mm. So I've been an administrator for eight years and um, I moved to Palo Alto to, and this is my second year, completing my second year. And um, being an administrator is very challenging. Um, I always tell um, myself and my, my own kids, uh, yes, it's challenging, but it's doable. Um, um, and it's important to know your value and know your worth and know what you can contribute to a team and come in and um, work from your strengths. Um, and come in with an openness and a willingness to learn and adapt to um, various situations that, that come arise. Uh, your day as you plan it uh, rarely ever goes that way. <laughs> and so flexibility is um, extremely important, but um, just to bring it full circle, um, know your worth, take your time, um, as as you're developing um, and speak positively and be nice to yourself. Mm -hmm. I'll add to it. Uh, I think my number one thing is uh, you need to focus on relationships and that includes with staff members as well as students. And that doesn't happen overnight necessarily. Uh, we, we have some students that I think are almost taught not to trust us for a while. And it takes, like, I'm not exaggerating, it might not be until junior year that students start trusting that, hey, we're on your side and I can help you out. I can do a lot for you. And uh, when, when, you, when you get to that point, then it's great. And then you have an ally on your side and, and that spreads throughout the campus. And, and the same thing goes with staff is, is, you know, taking care of business with them, checking in with them, uh, let them know you care or at least think you care. Um, is, is going to get more out of them uh, in the long run, thus making the, the school a much more productive place. That sounds just like a classroom, Jerry. <laughs> Anyone else want to add to that? I mean, I, when you asked the question, I might be repeating some of the things said here, but I wrote two things down, team and time. <laughs> One is, you know, you're a part of the team, contribute what you can, listen, learn. You know, hopefully you've got, I mean, if you're brand new coming into it, you inevitably have somebody who's been at it longer than you probably on your team. So listen, absorb, take in what you can, um, but then yeah, contribute too. Um, 
and then the other thing I ever done was time. And that's one of the first things when I became an administrator is, and actually it was one of your podcasts too, where there was some talk about, you know, one of your podcasts where um, kind of structuring your time and finding, because calendar just gets, I mean, somebody, I mean, Michelle warned me about that. You're just going to get eaten up by meetings, mm-hmm. um, your whole, your day, everything. And if you don't sort of pop some things in there to get yourself some time to actually reflect or to actually get something done or, or to, walk the campus or whatever you're never you're just going to be stuck in these meetings all day um you know some of many of them very valuable meetings but um you know you gotta be able (laughs) many of them very valuable i think they all are every single one of them extremely important but um it's it's uh you know you gotta find that time and i think that's you know the balance of the job and the reflection and otherwise you just yeah like i said you get your, your time becomes everyone else's time and not time for you to actually yeah so i'll, I'll go ahead and build off that uh something a piece of advice that was given in um the administrative credential program i participated in was to calendar what you feel is important mm-hmm. um, and if you don't calendar it other people will calendar over your time and so one thing I would consider, um, I would suggest new administrators consider calendaring is time in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And that can build a lot. Don't look at me that way. Stop. <laughs> is you could build the relationships that um, Jerry was talking about with students and with staff. A little note of feedback um, helps you build those connections with teachers and lets them know that um, that you see them and that you see their hard work and and how they're connecting with students and if you don't calendar it it's not going to happen yeah and everyone at this table has been through this season more than once and you guys have just hit on so many important values but if we want to be instructional leaders then we have to actually prioritize instructional leadership or if we want to be able to see growth then we actually have to schedule and prioritize ways that we're going to help encourage that growth too. As we wrap up, I just want to tell each of you, thank you for the opportunity to to learn with you this past year. But I also want any listener who may be listening in that would like to reach out to the Pally team to know how they can find you. And so we're, what's your website? And so how they can find you. And then um, any... Any and Brent, I'll let you share this last thought. What's something that you're excited about as you think about next year? Well, first of all, our website address is very simple: pally p a l y dot net. That's it. Yeah. Good job. Great. Good job. <laughs> what am I excited about? I don't know. We've um, particularly this year, we've been working a lot on building. I, I think the capacity of more people than just the usual leadership team, which is also teacher leaders and such. And for instance, I had a couple parents assisting in this um, work that we've been doing to unpack and to define what our Pali values are. And we've been soliciting input from our parents, from our students, uh, from community members, from teachers, staff members, so that next year we could not only create some value statements that are organically created by the people that are here, but actually make it relevant so that um, they're uh, they're about today, 
like I was talking about earlier, you don't get caught in tomorrow, get caught in today, and, and always anticipate that what that's going to be. Um, you balance that, though, with the continued responsibility that we have at Palo Alto to continue the great legacy that this, that's been established at the school. The school was first opened at Palo Alto in 1918. And so there's a lot behind us that has happened and a lot in front of us that still has yet to happen. And all, although it's hard work, it's exciting work to learn what those traditions and values are, but to also encourage reformatting and revisions of those of those legacies, traditions, so that they reflect today's population and expectations that our community has for us and what we're supposed to do with our students that show up every single day. Well, I want to end with a metaphor. Today, I had the privilege of walking this beautiful campus and you took me over and I got to meet the lead engineer who gave us hard hats as we stepped into the oldest building on your campus, um, which was your administrative building. It was the original schoolhouse for Palo Alto. It was, it's over a hundred years old. And this beautiful piece of architecture with a tower and two stories and even a basement that we found um, is such a beautiful um, treasure for this community. And yet the entire interior has been ripped apart and being remodeled. And so you have both the old timeless architecture that's being combined with the beautiful renovations, new heating, new air, new air electricity, updated plumbing. And so when it opens up six months from now and you guys get to move your offices back there and your wellness center back there and student services back there, uh, you're going to combine this timeless piece of of architecture with the timeliness of these new renovations. And I, I love to think about the fact that you guys get to lead in a community where a hundred years from now, people probably will not remember your names, but generations from now, people are going to be living out the benefits of the lessons you taught them. And so I just want to tell you guys, thank you for being such an incredible service to this community, uh, modeling for your teachers and for your students and your community members what it looks like to uh, to continuously grow. And uh, Principal Matters listeners, I want to just invite you, if you're interested in connecting with a Grow Leadership Academy, you can always reach out to me at my website at williamdparker.com or just send me an email at will at williamdparker.com. Any other thoughts before we wrap up, guys, and I say goodbye? glad I got to be here. So Principal Matters listeners, thank you for doing What Matters. And we'll talk to you again next week. You can find free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com. Check out the services link on williamdparker.com to learn more about leadership academies, mastermind offerings, and executive coaching. If you're planning professional development for the year ahead, or you're looking for keynote presentations from any of my books, please email me at will at williamdparker.com. Thank you for learning together today. And thanks again for doing what matters.